Welcome to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margot Jaco. Are you a clinician looking to find the balance between providing compassionate client care and business agility? This show will help with things you need to know to start or grow your practice and better serve your clients. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Dr. Margot Jaco. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, this is a follow-up to our last podcast. I am so fortunate again to have Deanna Shoss, our marketing guru from Intercultural Talk, and Chris Pertel, our producer, as always, and she's our outreach coordinator, are here with us today. Thanks so much for joining us again, Deanna. It's my pleasure, Margaret. I love these conversations with you. Oh, me too. Me too. And it's just, it's always nice to talk to you, whatever we're talking about, but I really like talking about these things. So today we're talking about public persona. In the last conversation that you and I had, we were talking about outreach and about how that's about creating relationships with people. So uh, certainly a part of that and something for us to consider what do we look like? How do we seem? What are our mannerisms like when we are doing something that somebody else is witnessing? I'll tell you, I have eaten salads in our staff meeting forever. And I started eating them during Zoom and realized how much food drops out of my mouth, and stuff in my teeth. Bad. So I think thinking about your public persona, even if you're not viewing yourself on Zoom, what other people are seeing and hearing when they're interacting with us and what that's about can be really helpful. So Deanna, will you describe what are you talking about when you're talking about one's public persona, especially for therapists? When we talk about our public persona, I like to look at it as your curated presence in the world because it's everywhere that you're present, whether it's you in person or the things that you're posting online about yourself, it all tells a story about who you are. And what's really interesting nowadays, Margot, as social media is transitioning, it's no more really polished advertising. People want to know who you are as a person. So the idea of the public persona and how you share both your professional side and your personal side, but doing it a way that represents who you are is really important. So should I make a video and still be eating salads? You could, and I'll tell you how you could, your story just now about how you changed from eating salads, you could make a fun video where you were purposely having salad fall out of your mouth. Wouldn't have to try. Or you could just be like, I've been wondering if I should still be eating salads on camera with food falling out. In yeah. fact, as your marketing person, I insist that you do that. We're posting it on Instagram. Oh, fabulous. All right. <laughs> Glad I opened my mouth in more, than one, in more than one way. So when I was talking about public persona, I'm talking literally about what other people are seeing. But you're saying it's not just that, that moment or a static point in time. It's also the, the whole body of work, so to speak. So say a little more about that, if you would, please. Sure. I always use the word curation. And this is really important. When we talk about curation, I will say that everything is public. You cannot assume that you can publish some things that are private and some things that are public and that you control what that looks like online. Always assume that everything's public and it's okay to put forth a, a persona or a presence that represents who you are as a professional. So 
It's part of your brand in the real world. And the reason that I use the word curation is because we are, we exercise, we have advice for the public. Margo, one of the things that's a big part of your brand is this focus on how your nervous system works. So you will often, when something happens in the news, we frame it from the point of view of what that might do to your nervous system and how you reset your nervous system. That's part of your brand. You can apply that to everything from, I'm going to go back to, and you're going to wish you'd never said this, but I'm going to go back to your salad eating example. Okay. If you were using that as a nervous system example, that you watched yourself in the video, saw the salad falling, your initial nervous reaction, nervous system reaction was to freeze. And then you thought, how do I flee from this? You know, even something like that invokes a nervous system response. That is now a fun way to keep you on brand with your persona, but also showing that you're playful and human. Yeah. Well, now just talking about it is setting my nervous system afloat. (laughs) All right. I won't bring it up again. It's quite fine. I think it's a good example. By and large, Deanna, I don't think it's a mystery to people at this point that what you put online stays forever. However, what I am still a little surprised by is how frequently therapists don't realize that clients will hop on your Facebook page. They will try to follow you. They will be looking at whatever it is you're posting. We had a situation I had hired a therapist And I typically will Google people, but I hadn't gone on their Facebook page. And there were some things on there that a client found that I had referred to this therapist. And they called me and said, I'm not comfortable seeing this person because of some things they posted. Well, turns out this stuff was old, and but it was still there. So it really is. It is not just what you're putting on your website or what you're putting on your blog or what you're putting up on YouTube. It's also anything you do in your personal life. And I'll tell you, I belong to several Facebook groups or or listservs for therapists. And I'm sometimes really stunned by some of the things that people will talk about in these forums, not thinking about what is the broader impact. And again, it's not like you have to be all buttoned up and censored, but just mindful, aware that Other people can find this information beyond that moment in time. That's absolutely true, Margot, in terms of who will see it. It goes back to what we said before, which is it's all public. And so your clients will see it. People who might be referring will see it. It doesn't mean, though, that you have to be buttoned up and polished. You know, we're not talking about that. It's okay to show your personality, but don't show things that you wouldn't necessarily want a client to know. Or... This is a habit now when I say, or is if you're sharing something that might be uncomfortable, but there's a lesson in it, then include the sharing with that lesson and do it as a video conversation where you're maybe looking right at the camera and saying, I'm going to share something with you that I'm not proud of, but I want to do it because I think there's a lesson here that others will, will learn that will know that even for someone like me who works in the field of mental health, I can experience these feelings as well. Absolutely. So you mentioned branding a few moments ago, Deanna. Can you speak a little more to branding? Because again, that's a kind of a corporate term. It's a marketing term. But when we think about as therapists, us having our own brand, you mentioned that nervous system regulation, brain science happens to be mine. But what, so if someone's a generalist, 
or they don't really think of brand. What are we talking about when we're talking about public persona and branding? What we're often talking about is our approach to working with with clients. So for example, I look at some people really focus on the conversation. We want to go back to your childhood trauma and see how that impacts what you're doing today. That's a specific brand and approach. In that case, brand and approach are very similar. So your brand is that lens through how you approach everything. Are you someone who looks at family dynamics? Are you a pusher? Some people pride themselves. I'm going to push you. It's going to be uncomfortable at times, but I'm going to push you through this. There's other people who will use their brand as I'm your kind and caring family member. I'm here to listen. I'm a listener. So those are different brands and approaches that you have. What's wonderful to do, again, combining video with how you control and and articulate your own brand, some of the clinicians at the Juniper Center have started doing this where they do a video statement, what it's like to work with me. That's your brand. What's it like to work with you? Do a 90-second video that says, here's my name, here's what it's like to work with me. And that will give you an idea of brand online. Little things, if you have a logo or an icon for your company, I would recommend that sort of literal branding. Make sure that your logo's on your information. Make sure people know how to contact you. That one's always kills me, where people do a whole great thing and then there's no call to action of where to find you, how to call you, and that sort of thing. That is part of your brand as well. You need both sides. You need both sides, exactly. So I like this way of thinking about it, Deanna, that it's your approach. Your brand is your approach. So it could be that you are a trauma therapist. You might be a couples and family therapist. As you said, you might be a pusher, which is a great, you know, for people who are in the addictions field, that might be an interesting double entendre, but, you know, someone who is more directive, that you're a very directive results-oriented, goal-oriented therapist. You might use coaching strategies. So all of those really stopping and thinking about who am I? What is my approach? What do I tend to do? That is my brand. And Mm -hmm. certainly my logo, if I have one, or just what my business card looks like. So that's really the approach. I love the idea of having a brief video. Not everybody likes doing this. And quite frankly, if you're not good at it, if your presence is going to be stilted, don't do it. Don't do one that's not good. But if you can get comfortable in front of a camera, I mean, Dan, I remember when you and I were first doing these, part of the reason we started doing the mom to mom series is that you came with all your recording equipment and lights and set it up and turned it on. And I had nothing to say. 30 some years in the field, nothing, not a thing. And so I said, what if we do this together? And you just ask me questions and then I could do it. So you can always get a friend or a colleague to help you if you want to put together a video. And now I feel really comfortable in front of a camera, but it's just practice. I'll tell you where I think people struggle, Margo, is they think, well, I'm not sure what my brand is. I don't know what I am or what what my approach or my unique position is. What I would suggest people do is to start by listening to what resonates them also from what they're not. So for example, in the field of mental health, you will sometimes see things that are posted about the way that your childhood impacts adulthood. Some people will take that because this happened to your childhood, this is what's going to happen. Well, that's a brand choice to say, I don't believe that. I believe that there are approaches for everyone. 
some people may realize that they are open to multiple modalities. And so when they hear a person talking, saying, this is the best way to treat this one thing for someone whose brand is we need to be open to multimodalities and layering of different approaches, that's going to resonate as not working for them. So listen to the opposite. You may find out what your brand and approach is by really getting clarity on what you would never do. Right. That's... That's a great hint, folks, that it might be what you do and also it might be what you don't do, who you are and who you are not. And those can both be really powerful. So, Deanna, how can therapists go about building a really positive public persona? So we've talked about videos. That's one way to do it. Having clean social media, perhaps that's another way to do it. But what are some other really good ways for therapists to build a really positive public persona in addition to not eating salads in meetings. So you've mentioned the things that people have control over. Your social media profiles are a place that you have control to tell your story and who you are. It does not have to be overwhelming. You can pick the one. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, there's so many right now. Maybe just start with one and build your your public profile there. So your online presence, I would recommend that you Google yourself too and see where you are and see what's Mm -hmm. out there about you. So that's one way to even look at what's there. You always want to start with what you're going to say. Where you say it is a little bit different. What are you going to say? So what are you going to say? Define your approach. Write the three things that you know are important to you and how you work with clients. Write down the three things that you would never do. Why three things? Because the way our brain works, more than three, it's too many and you can't make sense of it. (laughs) That actually really is it. If you start doing too many, you'll never be able to articulate it. Exactly, folks. You have to pick. You only get three because you're going to lose people after that, right? That's, I mean, correct. Yeah. When someone says, what do you do? What you don't want to do is give them a laundry list of the actual tasks that you perform. What do you do? I help people live their best lives. Oh, to throw in the tagline for the Juniper Center, you know, that's part of your public persona. And so even individual clinicians can take that idea of how does what I do help people live their best lives? That's what the brand, the brand is. It's the promise of what you're delivering. Hmm. Another thing I would recommend, Margo, when people have trouble, it, it's it's very natural. Again, we're we're talking about for people who are in mental health business who are social workers and clinicians, their whole purpose in life, bless you, because it's so important, is to serve others. And so the idea of talking about yourself can be very unnatural. I would recommend, and we've talked on an earlier podcast about we can't ask clients what they like most about us because there's that whole ethical line, but it doesn't mean that you can't ask your friends and your family. Start there. Say, I'm building a public persona. What do you think are the three most special things about me? Right. Or colleagues, people who see you out in the community who are part of your community, your therapist community. There's a lot of Facebook groups that people belong to. I know, Margaret, you're on a number of listservs and Facebook groups, places where you can connect with other clinicians. I bet if you put a post in there said, hey, are there three or four clinicians who would like to connect with me offline so that we can help each other clarify our brand, you would get people who would do that because others are excited to come up with that answer as well. 
Oh, that's brilliant, right? It's again, we talked about this in the outreach episode. It's also about connecting and making relationships and using some of your connections, a way to get yourself positioned and also to help other people out. So it really is. I I love situations where everybody wins. Margaret, the other thing, and this is a lesson from public relations, we have a phrase that says, if it's right the first time, it's right the 10th time, which means when we're building our public persona, we've said it a number of times, so we might think that we're repeating ourselves, but if that language is good, put it on all your profiles and don't be afraid to say it multiple times. If it's your public persona and your brand, then it is what you present with every time. Well, right. And it's the same thing with whether I'm buying a box of cereal or anything else that has a brand or a type of car. I'm always aware of what the brand is. It's pretty clear. And our brand, again, is our approach. It's what separates us from the next person, which in the Chicagoland community and lots of other places is really important. So you mentioned profiles, Deanna. Most therapists have a psychology today profile, but what would you recommend if we think of profiles and online profiles as being part of how we create a public persona? What what would you say about using those platforms? I would recommend people start with how much time they have and how much time they want to invest in this. Because ultimately, a lot of this public persona is designed to match your business goals of building your practice. LinkedIn is an easy one to start with because it is professionally based. And if you're hoping to make professional referral connections, LinkedIn is a good place to start with setting up your profile. What we're also seeing now, and this is a big time commitment. I can't tell you what the ROI, the the return on investment is for the amount of time that people are spending on, for example, Instagram. There are celebrity mental health professionals on Instagram now. Mm. The fabulous news for that is when you talk about stop the stigma and just breaking down any stigma about mental health, how how wonderful that you've got mental health clinicians with 500,000 followers on, on Instagram. Right. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But it's not something that someone trying to build their own local practice needs to aspire to because that's it's, it's a time investment. Mm-hmm. If you are naturally a photographer, if you're naturally out and about and comfortable sharing that, then Instagram is probably a great place because Instagram is about sharing something that's very professional. Maybe it's a logo and here's what my practice does mixed in with, I've seen uh, parents talk to their children. This would be so risky in my house where parents will act out a conversation with their child to try to model behavior. I mean, know who you're who's going to be in the show with you to make sure that'll work. Um, <laughs> sabotage you. Right? Like, mom, this is my opportunity. You know, remember, you don't have to go live though, too. I guarantee you when you see a photo on Instagram, you're like, oh, how come they always look so perfect? It's because they took that photo 15 times and then picked the best one. Only That's 15. what curation is about. That's great. Yeah. Only 15. i I Yay. He must be a good photographer then. And then one last thing that comes to mind, Deanna, is about when we're talking about our public persona as helpers, it really is giving back to the community, which again, as we were talking about outreach, this is where this all goes together. It ties together. How does giving back to the community I mean, it seems sort of obvious, I guess, but but how do you do that in a way that really makes sense from what we're talking about? Always start with yourself. So what you're talking about, Margot, is 
how do you take the idea of kindness and service? That's what we talked about when the outreach. Start with being kind and think of serving others so that that might come more naturally when you're trying to make connections. Your public persona is the promise of what people will get when they when they do connect with you. Mm-hmm. The way that that might connect with service or volunteer or things like that is do things that connect with who you are. Whether it's, you know, whether it's who you are as a clinician or maybe even something that you enjoy doing. You know, Margaret, you're a runner. There's probably associations or or organizations that are connected to running or physical fitness. And maybe you like running in children. So you're able to connect with something that brings those interests that are part of your identity, whether they're professional or personal, but make those volunteer connections there so that when you're presenting what you're doing, you're giving a shout out to an organization that can use the help. And then you're also showing a side of you that gives a a peek to who you are as a person. Oh, that's great. And sometimes it is just finding those partners who will both appreciate your giving to them and it helps expand your presence. So again, everybody wins. It's a win-win-win. Everybody's getting something out of the investment. So I love that. Any final thoughts, Deanna? What are the top three things for someone to keep in mind since we did talk about threes if they're considering their public persona and they are a therapist? Look at your public persona as kind of a fun way to be your best self. Because your public persona, maybe you feel a little bit insecure about things, but your public persona has a different presence. So look at it as your public persona as being the best of who you are and have fun with that. And don't be afraid to talk about them in the third person. It's okay because you're building that presence. You're building that presence publicly. Do an audit of your presence, both online, in person, your Zoom background. Do an audit and do you communicate the same message all the time? Is there consistency across that? And update if you don't. A lot of people, a lot of us, you create your social media platform five years ago when you decided to go on it. Take a look because it could say something that's very different than what you're doing now. So do that audit and make sure you're consistent with what your public messaging is across the board. And then don't feel like you have to struggle alone with figuring out what that public persona is, what you like listen to what resonates with you of things you would never do, and then ask your network what they think is the most fabulous thing about you. So great tips, folks. So be your best self, do an audit of yourself online, both sit down and Google yourself and really take some time and look through it thoroughly, see what you really look like online and what you look like on video. And then I love that. Don't struggle alone. Therapists really tend to do that. For whatever reasons, we're the helpers. It's hard to ask for help. We're the givers. It's hard to ask people to give back. Don't struggle alone. Speak to people who you feel some comfort with. Ask them to give you that feedback. Wonderful suggestions, Deanna. Deanna Shaw's from Intercultural Talk. Again, our marketing guru, Chris Pertel, our producer and outreach coordinator, Thank you so much for joining me today. Always wonderful, sage advice. Thank you all for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Be well.
You've been listening to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast with Dr. Margot Jaco. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss an upcoming episode and head on over to the mentalhealthbusinessmentor.com website for resources and additional information. Thanks so much for listening and be well.